I am so excited for the very vivacious, very beautiful, probably richer than you, uh, incredible soul, more generous than you. Uh, uh, Veronica uh, had the great pleasure of being able to be with her in a mastermind with Louisa Joe, who is like a multimillionaire. And uh, she, you're going to love her because she's an amazing consultant. She actually has a soul, unlike other consultants. Uh, you'll love her energy. You wish you were half as cool as her. And I wish my podcast was like maybe a quarter as cool and professional as hers. So if you are a consultant, you, you can't miss this interview. So welcome, Veronica. How are you doing? Oh my goodness, Lee, thank you so much for that introduction. I, I want to definitely live up to it, but I'm already laughing because... You guys surpassed it. I, I, <laughs> but, thank um, you so much. I'm so excited to be here because we haven't talked in a little bit. So this is more yeah, of a conversation yeah. for us to catch up and your listeners get to listen in. So let's do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I love it, right? Because we catch up, which is a more important part, and then some other random people listen to it, which <laughs> I don't really care. Uh, okay, so, so, okay. So what's like a, like a funny consultant situation that you've been in? <laughs> So the thing that comes to mind when you ask me that is one, uh, this was a while ago, quite a few years ago, I was referred to a lead via email. So one of my clients uh, just basically made an email introduction to another potential client. Mm-hmm. He and I exchanged emails. We spoke on the phone and ultimately I got hired to do this project for them. Mm-hmm. But when I arrived on site um, for the project and to meet with the team, they all looked really surprised. Why? So much so. Well, the president had to pull me aside and explain to me that they were all expecting me to be Japanese. Because <laughs> I know. So, as you know, I'm a very, I'm short, dark skinned Hispanic so what's your woman. Last so, name? What's your last name? And so, what does it mean well, in Spanish? My last name is pronounced Sagastumi. It's Spain from Spanish. It's Spain. Uh, it's Spanish from Spain. Yeah. But they somehow started saying Sakatumi. Sakatumi. <laughs> <laughs> they never looked me up on social media. Ne- never looked me up on LinkedIn. Oh so God, when I showed up, they were like, "What?" The yeah. heck? So we all had a good laugh about it. But now I put my my photo on my email signature, so everybody knows <laughs> who to expect when I show up. Well, you could be half Japanese. I could, but no, I'm 100% oh, Hispanic. Was, was this like a long time ago or was this like... This was, um, this was, was about five years ago. Oh, so, so before okay. I was on social right. media. So okay. yeah. It's all right. But yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Because um, like there was like this Miss Japanese woman and she's like half something. And then mm-hmm. people were like, oh my gosh, she's not Japanese. Anyways. Okay. So um, how did you get into like... Uh, consulting and then like now you do online business to teach professionals on how to start their own consulting business Uh, how did how did that happen so I would say my corporate career led me down the path of becoming a chief financial officer chief operating officer so I definitely climbed up that corporate ladder Mm -hmm. but around the end of 2010 I got a new uh, executive job with you know the whole the corner office with the team all the perks that come with that But at that time, it started to feel like one executive job was very similar to the other. And I started to crave just having something of my very own, you know, wanting to have some creative freedom and picking projects that I really wanted to work on and and a bigger impact. And I just kept thinking, God, you know, there's got to be something else. Maybe I'm picking the wrong industries to work in. Mm -hmm. But I then at that time, I I was again with a new employer. And we were interviewing a project manager and it was a consultant. And Mm -hmm. after meeting with him, I thought to myself, I can do that. 
I can leverage all of my CFO, COO background and start my own consulting practice. But at that same time, my grandmother who raised me and, and I'm, I was very close to, she was also going through physical therapy mm. and I hated having to ask permission to go be with her for her yeah. doctor's appointments and physical therapy. And I just thought, I think I'm going to just go on my own. And I did what I recommend so many of my clients do. And I spoke to my employer. I mean, I was an executive, so I know that I couldn't be replaced in a week or two. Mm -hmm. So I proposed to him that I convert from employee to a consultant mm -hmm. and I would help to find my replacement and I would still continue to deliver on projects and services that they needed right away while they looked for my replacement. So my last employer became my first client. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's how I got into that. And then uh, five years later, I started to cap out with the one-on-one -on -one clients and started to realize that there was this whole online market where you could mm -hmm service a much larger community, have a bigger impact because you could reach so many more people online. And yeah. that's when I started to expand and beyond doing the one-on-one -on -one client service or face, you know, I, I would have client facing um, clients in here in the Silicon Valley in San Francisco. I would then develop these programs to teach other professionals how to start their own consulting business. Mm -hmm. I love that. So yeah. um, you have a great background. You're like, the okay, I remember when we were in Austin and the mastermind, like, I feel like everyone in the room was falling apart except you. <laughs> and you were so calm and so collected. And I feel like it's, it does come from your corporate background. And you, yeah. you share with me something that was very, very interesting. So how would you advise like women who are in consulting who have reached a certain level? Um, what would you advise to them? And then like, can you repeat what you kind of told me about like, uh, maybe family and like how you talk to these people in the male-dominated industry. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, thanks for bringing that up, Lee. As a matter of yeah. fact, you know, the it does. Uh, even though time gets better, the times, you know, what is that? The the times do get better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They also stay the same because in certain industries, especially if it's male-dominant, like uh, used to be like the financial arena or. Um, financial services, insurance, uh, certain law aspects of the law. It was very male dominant and driven. And so it was hard to have a place as a female to come in, whether you're an executive or a consultant. Um, so you needed to almost like outdo, overperform, delight, you know, like you yeah. need to become prepared. And I couldn't stress that enough. I've never been a winged person, but especially if you are in an industry where you have to show up prepared. You have to show up professional, but still be yourself. Yes. And that's sometimes a really hard balance because being yourself sometimes is not the most accepted, um, I guess, method in corporate America. So you have to have a balance of like read the room very quickly and understand who is your audience. Do I need to show up as the professional Veronica with a corporate speak or do I need to show up as hey relax Veronica that can joke around with people and ask them how was their weekend or what's they're gonna do this holiday season mm -hmm. so you have to be able to read the room and at the same time understand that behind every professional behind every business person there is a human being mm -hmm. and there's always things going on and be, be, before you judge a conclusion, you pause and think, what is that person going through? What is that person, you know, it, it, it could be something else besides the fact that they didn't come prepared. So step right. back, 
My, I would say my friends who have kids have actually taught me to be a much better professional, whether it's an employee or an executive or a business owner, because mm-hmm. I now understand that as a family, uh, whether you're a mom or a caretaker for an elderly parent, as I was with my grandmother, mm-hmm. we always have this family, this balance of family, home life, and then your professional business or, or job. So try to think about what is the other person going through before you jump all over them because of something that they didn't deliver on. I love that. Does, does that answer the question? I think. Yeah, for sure. Oh that. my God, you're so compassionate. Like you are really down to earth. We were just talking about this, but it's, yeah, it's, it's very refreshing to hear from that. So thank you for that. And um, what is the difference between working for a company and yourself? If you think there's any differences. Oh. There's a huge difference. I think when you work for a company as an employee, you know, you, it's the steady paycheck, right? The benefits that come with that, um, especially if it's a big company, because there's already standard operating procedures. You know what your job's going to be. Uh, you're showing up and letting somebody else making the big decisions, especially if you're not at the executive level. You're not in charge of, you know, things. You're part of a team. Hopefully you are. <laughs> But you're not in charge of the vision, the mission, the, the drive, but you yeah. get to have some steady income. You get yes. to have a little bit of a career path. You get to have mm-hmm. that collaboration that comes with colleagues. Isn't that awesome? I mean, I kind of miss, you know, that, yeah. that, but. Water cooler combos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Water cooler. The, oh my God, did you watch, you know, the walking dead last night? Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to join some groups now to be able to talk about the shows that I, yeah. that I love. Um, yeah. Join Twitter groups. They can. It, you know what? Yeah. That's absolutely right. Because I, I'll tell you, especially <laughs> the Game of Thrones, my, my favorite series, Game of Thrones, was ending. We were on Twitter. <laughs> so, um, and I think when you work for yourself, the business starts and ends with your vision. You're the drive, you're the, fo- you're the one that focuses yourself, the team, the initiative, the persistence, and all the other things that come with it. You know, sometimes you're not motivated and you got to motivate yourself. So when you work for yourself, yeah, it's sometimes hard. That's what I'm kind of, you know, talking about right now. And it could be challenging, sometimes defeating and you make mistakes, but you also get to create something of your own. You know, you get to take pride in helping people with that thing that you thought about. The thing that you're creating, the system that you developed, your awesome sauce, you yes. get to make that impact and the difference. And then hopefully if you, get, if you hire a team, you also get to help other people live their dream by either working from home or working flexible hours. You get to be your own boss, but be careful with that because you don't want to end up being in the same situation that you were when you had a job. Yes, so true. And uh, one of the things, like, you kind of help your clients get away from that. So that's really good. I uh, love it. And yeah. um, so what are some mistakes that beginning consultants make? Okay, this is one of my favorite questions because there's always a theme. It's, it really is. There's like four mistakes. I'll, I'll just summarize them very quickly here. But one of the main things that holds people back, it's not starting at all. Wanting to do something different, wanting to start their own thing, but fear gets in the way, lack of confidence. They start to get you know, full of self-doubt. We are so good at talking ourselves out of something you know, instead yeah. of talking ourselves into doing something. Yes. So not starting out of fear is one thing that I see. Another one is once you get started saying yes to everything 
And what I mean by that as a consultant, a coach, a freelancer, if, especially if you're capable, people will be like, can you do this? Can you do that? They'll start overloading you with things that you don't like to do, that you don't want to do. And pretty soon you've built a, a consulting practice or um, a, a business full of things that you don't want to do. Mm. And it, you're miserable. And then you start thinking, maybe I should just go back to my nine to five, which mm. by the way, that nine to five thing is a myth. No one works nine to five. It's always much longer. Yeah. Um, and the third mistake I would say is pricing people when they start out, they underprice their services. Again, it's out of fear or not valuing their services enough or feeling very insecure about who's going to pay me to do that. It's so easy, not realizing that what they have is a level of expertise that other people are willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there was more. Oh, you know what? There's one more. There's one more. And that, this just came up last week with a client. Mm-hmm. And it's not having strong language around compensation, meaning like mm-hmm. when they're going to get paid, you know, mm-hmm. being very clear because people are uncomfortable talking about money. So mm-hmm. you need to get comfortable talking about money. You need to make sure that your voice doesn't fluctuate and go down. Oh, well, I don't enjoy it as much, right? Own it. You deserve it. You've got a lot of experience and a lot of skills and a lot of, um, you know, it's just basically your education in life and whatever, maybe scholastic, but you want to make sure that you build language in your contract to say, here's what I charge and here's when my bill is due. Mm-hmm. So those two, those, those four. Mm-hmm. Lots of mistakes, but they, you can prepare for all of those. You can work and prepare to avoid all of those mistakes so that you know what to do right from the get go. And you're not stuck in the middle of that two years later and thinking, Oh my God, I'm cash flow poor. Um, or I'm not doing as much as I could be because I'm just kind of stuck in this loop of low, low fee charging, not pay. My clients don't pay me on time. I don't know how to get out of this. And then you start thinking, let me go back to my nine to five, which you shouldn't do. I love that. I feel like I've made all these mistakes and I wish I met you earlier. So thank you. Yeah, seriously. Just keep you out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might get into some real big trouble if you don't, don't listen. So awesome. Yes. I love, I love the responses. So uh, what are your tips on working for a big company as a consultant? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it, it also depends on who the big company is. And now I'm going to say that because I'm here, uh, I'm, we're talking, I'm in the Silicon Valley. And so sometimes some of the companies could be a very high tech company that, you know, they'll just uh, go with the flow. Other times it could be a very structured firm that they want to cross every T and dot every I. But from my standpoint, I don't care who the client is. I'm going to want to make sure that I, I show up professional by having documents in place ready to go. Mm-hmm. So for example, I have templates for like a, to, uh, fill out a proposal, a, a scope of work, um, things that would typically take a lot of time to create. They're ready to go. And I just highlight the sections that we need to sort of fill in the blanks. I, I call it like coloring by numbers, right? You just mm-hmm. have that right. Because as soon as you have a meeting with that potential client and you walk away and say, okay, I'll follow up by Monday. That's the other thing. Follow up and follow through on what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. If I tell you I'm going to have a proposal to you by the end of the week, it better be in your hands by Friday, if not before, because that's the other tip. It's you want to delight your client, over deliver 
and be mm-hmm. of service and provide value. And you can do that with the simplest of things, like follow up with a thank you email or even a, a, written, a handwritten note. I really enjoyed meeting the team. I look forward to being part of it and can't wait to contribute to the project or you know, mm-hmm. deliver on that, um, make it easy for them to review and sign off on the proposal by doing it electronically. You know, Gone are those days where you attach something to the email. Uh, and then just make sure that you follow up and follow through. Hey, I send you the proposal. Just conf- want to confirm that you received it. You see how mm-hmm. simple those things are? When you're working yes. with a big company, that's the level of professionalism that they, mm-hmm. that they expect. And it doesn't matter if you're going to be a social media uh, manager or an mm-hmm. SEO specialist, um, mm-hmm. the photographer for a project. The, it's the same level of professionalism from whatever freelancer, consultant, coaching, trainer that they're hiring. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that because (laughs) it's like, um, yeah, they became this level of, you know, big company because they were reliable and unlike the stupid comics who flaked out on my podcast. Okay. I'm, I hope you guys are listening because you guys didn't even like say, Oh, I'm not going to show up because I'm late or do anything. (sighs) I just had to vent. Okay. Anyways. No, but that's the worst, Lee. When somebody, <laughs> when you expect somebody to show up and they don't, it's yeah, like when you, and they don't. Isn't that the worst nightmare when you're preparing to have a party and nobody RSVPs and you don't know how many people are going to show up or if anybody's going to show up? I people. would just <laughs> kill people after that. I just saw on a homicidal rage. Um, okay. You'd be on that, what is that show, uh, that channel, IMD? Or oh, what yeah. is it at? You know, the criminal, they're always ID, investigative. Yeah, yeah. I think they just snapped because, I mean, criminals are normal people too, right? There's just so many, too many people who flake on them at parties and just podcast and then snap and they start killing people. So that's, I, I that's don't want to see you on an episode, okay? I do no, not want to see you on an episode promise, of them. I promise you. Okay. Um, at least until I finish my 1,001 episode. Then I <laughs> Okay. Brain. Okay. So um, who do you find funny besides us, if that's even humanly possible? Who's number uh. So I would say instead of who I'm going to just share a couple of shows that we, Eric and I just, we love whenever we're, it's just, they're funny and they're ridiculous, but also they're just uh, feel good and hilarious. One of them is no longer on the air. It's called happy endings. They only had three seasons. What is that about? It's, uh, I think it's like six. I know, right? It's the, the, the name itself, right? Happy ending. <laughs> it's like six uh, friends and they, the, all the scenarios that these friends get into are just ridiculous. And sometimes, you know, when you've had a really hard day or challenging, you just want to ha- watch something silly that makes you laugh. And this show only had three seasons, but every episode is pretty damn funny. I love that. Um, I, I hope you check it out because it's not on, um, I don't think it's on any other cable TVs. We watch it on Amazon Prime. Mm. And then the other two are still in circulation. One of them is Shits, Shits Creek and Kim's Convenience. Kim's mm. Convenience is the Korean Canadian family running a convenience mm. store. Oh, and they're, yeah. oh my God. We were I, talking about Shits Creek in Austin, I think. Oh God, yeah, you know, can, it's yeah. still on and we love it because again, it's just ridiculous scenarios. It's feel good. Just mm-hmm. relax people. It's a show. It's comedy. It's not meant to be real life. It's, uh, you know, don't watch it if you're going to get easily offended. So I love it. Say. All right. The snowflakes in California may not be able to take it. Right? <laughs> uh, so who's your favorite comedian? I actually have two. Uh, one of them would be Joe Coy and the other oh, one is... Yeah. 
Oh, Joe Quay, I love him. Because a lot of the times that when he's talking about his family situations, especially his yeah. mom, we can all relate to that. I mean, I can put my grandmother or my aunties in, in that situation. Uh, uh, and the other one is Ali Wong. I think you and I share that. Ali yeah. Wong is one Hell of my yeah. favorite. Hell yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. And we're excited because we get to see her in January here in San Francisco. Yeah. So, oh my God. Yeah. Probably sold out theater. She's, she's killing it. And oh, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Awesome to see female yeah. minority comics. Always I love get. that. Yeah. Um, okay. So growing up, like, who did you want to be? Who did I want to be? <laughs> well, I grew up in another country. So um, I didn't really have like a role model in terms of like, you know, it's having somebody that I wanted to be like. But I know that I, little Veronica was a little hustlerly. Mm -hmm. I loved making things, but I also loved putting money in my piggy bank. Yeah. So what, it, <laughs> what was that? What did you sell? What was like the first thing that so you sold? So the thing that comes to mind is it's actually um, this paper making kit that my grandmother sent to me. And it was like, you could make these, these paper, big paper flowers with the stems. And she had also sent me this little bottle of spray perfume. So I would spray the flowers so they would smell good. And whoever came to our house, God help them because I would be like, don't you want to buy a flower for your mom? Doesn't your girlfriend deserve something pretty? You know, I mean, I was just. You're like, don't you want to? You're so smart. How old are you? I was oh between eight or nine. Oh my and my bitch was in. Like, yeah. Do you want to? You're just like, don't yeah. you want to? Don't you one? want to buy? It's like, but I would always say also things like, don't you think your girlfriend deserves something pretty? Oh my God. You know, to this day, my uncles will tease me about that. Like, oh my God. And who could say no to like an eight or nine year old little Veronica, right? So, oh my God. Yeah. If you're as cute as you are now, oh my God, nobody would be able to say no. Holy shit, that's hilarious. That's I sold I'm out. I'm going to use my child. If I have children in the future, I'm going to use their child labor to, to sell <laughs> Great. Do it. I love it. Yeah. Do it. All right. Now Do I just it. have to make sure I have cute kids. So we'll see. Um, okay. So, so uh, how you actually run a podcast as well. So any tips on how I can make my podcast half as professional as yours? Cause this is like, uh, my keyboard has two keys missing and I'm not going to edit anything. I don't have an intro music cause I don't give a fuck. Uh, how do you make your like, you know, well, I've listened to uh, quite a few of your podcast episodes now because oh, you also, no. you, you send them to YouTube. So I play them while I'm yeah. getting ready. Oh, okay, and okay. I would say one of the things I was going to actually say is like your, um, your audience probably really appreciates the interviews that you bring on because they're, they're diverse, you know, it's different, yeah. um, different interviews all the time. But I think mm -hmm. ultimately your audience is coming back for you. So you need to think about what you may want to <laughs> offer them maybe do a nothing <laughs> or even invite them to like a local show that you're doing you know i think even not to see you in person if you're oh, i'm beefing with the with the comedy scene where i am right now awesome i'm in this right <laughs> so i don't even know if i want to involve them in potential violence <laughs> thank you but that's true yeah okay sorry people. no that's okay but i was just thinking like once <laughs> once in a while maybe do a solo episode You're so right. that people can hear your oh, point of view okay. your your take on something and then how they could work with you because you're giving us this amazing platform and spotlight so that we can talk about our business and our, in our industry or our experiences. But I think your audience ultimately wants to hear from you too. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Holy <laughs> shit. I, I wanted editing and like, you know, professional graphics tips cause you're okay. Let's talk about your graphics. Cause your graphics are so amazing. Your website's so professional. 
Like Thank everything you. is just polished. Can you Thank tell you. us how you do it? Sure. Um, it didn't, it, it, I appreciate that you're giving me that feedback. It's always nice to hear that, but it's also trial and error. You know, it's also reacting to what do I like online and then wanting to not mimic or, or, or duplicate or even copy, but being like, okay, I like, I don't like a lot of clutter. I like it being more streamlined. I like to focus the eye, but we do it. I, all of my graphics, everything uh, banner wise and stuff is done on Canva. Um, mm -hmm. and Canva, it, it, we started out with the free application, but we upgraded to the paid one so mm -hmm. that my team can use it as well. And I just give really clear, I guess, uh, guidance in terms of not to, I don't want my image to be I, cutesy. Like I don't use a lot of flowers or feminine. Yeah. So it, it's about who you are and how you want to represent. And you have used the word professional quite a few times with me. Emily. Yeah. So and that's, while I'm still really relaxed and I, I love to joke around. I love comedy. I love to help people. I also want to come across as stylish, but also classic stylish professional, if those yeah. are the words. Very true. Yes. So I just kind of, we do it all on Canva. And while my team, I do have somebody that helps me now to create a lot of them. I ultimately will review and approve or reject what they create. And I, I think that guidance or, or feedback is what um, has made every single year that we get better is it comes from that. It's just kind of reacting to what I like and what I don't like. And hopefully it's attracting the right people because if they're expecting a lot of, I don't know, flowers and pastels and other things. It's not going to be me. <laughs> so. I love, yeah. Cause you're, yeah. Cause your image is stylish, but it's a more, I would say trustworthy. Cause I, I think if it's too feminine, if it's too on the woo woo side, I'm like, kind of like, do you know uh, the structures of everything? And especially mm -hmm. cause you come from, corporate I, mm -hmm. I i do appreciate the effort that you put into yours and your branding and sticking by it so okay the so next question i don't know if i kind of asked it before but it's like how can i work with big corporate clients if i've never worked with corporate clients ever oh, yeah or how sure. can i get them yeah so I actually, let me think about that because there are a couple of different ways to go about it. One of them is if you're able to get, go to a, a local event, like there's a lot of meetups, you could sign up for meetup. I think it's meetup.com or yeah. .org. Yeah. I don't remember, but yeah, it'll show you that. Yeah. It'll show you the different local uh, meetups that there are. Some are very small. Some are much bigger. So it depends on your personality. I'm an introvert. I like smaller groups. I get really anxious with bigger groups, but sometimes the topic is really interesting. So showing up to events um, and also being ready to talk about what it is that you do or what you specialize in or who you help. You don't have to have all those three, but at the very least, kind of show up ready to say, oh, I work with professionals who are thinking about starting their own consulting business, whatever your, your tagline is. And I would say also look at your context in your network and reach out, reconnect, and ask for the introduction. Ask for, mm -hmm. hey, do you know somebody who may be a good contact for me to get in touch with in order to you know, pitch my services or practice? You know, I'm looking for a beta client to test this on. So that would be a second uh, way, but I'm gonna share with you a tip that I share with my own clients. Mm -hmm. And that is, go look at job postings in your area, especially if it's a part-time job posting. And what you do is you create a cover letter 
or and I say cover letter. That's so old school. That's me. I'm old no, school. Yeah, That's people, my middle name. People still say that. People still say that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like an, it's a cover letter, but it's a, either it could be an email or a message through LinkedIn or a private message on Facebook. But basically what it is, is let's say you see a job posting for something that you can totally do, but as a consultant or a freelancer or a, a trainer, and you write to them and you pitch your services and you highlight the benefits of why they may want to consider hiring an independent consultant or a freelancer as opposed to hiring a full-time employee or a part-time employee. Wow. And so what, that alone has landed me several clients because I would just sit, kind of highlight the fact that, hey, instead of bringing somebody in that may not be a good fit and you'll have to go through the whole hiring process and put them on the payroll and the benefits and pay for workers' comp and give, put, give them an office and, or a desk, a desk uh, area, why not hire an independent consultant who has a proven track record who can come in and work on this project as a test to see how it goes? And if it doesn't work out, you don't have to terminate them or you don't have to keep them on you can just you see how you can pitch a job posting yeah that's genius consulting. oh my god yeah, i'm so. totally gonna steal your idea uh, <laughs> do it you can have everyone it. steal veronica's <laughs> ideas uh, okay so um not only do you allow us to steal ideas from you also do work with clients so like can you share with us like what are your clients' success stories like? Sure. And with my clients, because I have two sides to my business, I do have corporate clients that I do CFO consulting for. And so those corporate clients are, you know, where I go and show up on, it's a one-on-one -on -one type of client. But the online space is where I have clients that I help them to either start their full-time consulting or, in, or freelance uh, business, or even as a part-time, like a, I, say, I hate to call it a side hustle, but you start out slowly while you're still at your nine to five job. And so some of my success stories have, it's a variety of things that will be like, even asking for a higher consulting rate. I'll coach them on how to go either increase their fees for the new year. I love January, by the way, because it's a great time for you to increase yeah. your fees to existing clients. Yeah. Um, or to truly, if you had a client for a while and they were at a standard rate, how to go about getting a higher consulting rate. So that the, you feel like sometimes you discount your rate because you want to get the social proof and you want to get the track record. Um, but after a while, you are worth your rate. So I help them to ask for that higher consulting rate and they get it, of course, every single time. Um, finding their first consulting client inside of their contacts in their network just with a few emails. Um, I actually have a, a free resource about that and I'll talk about that in a little bit or at the end of their interview. Can you just um, share now? Cause like, sure. yeah. Sure. Um, so I, I just released this new resource two weeks ago and it's called Nurture Your Network Without Being Annoying. Because what it is, is a lot of times I put these email sequence templates, uh, swipe files, templates, whatever you want to call it. And again, it's almost like a fill in the blank or color by numbers where there is a way to reach out to your network without selling yourself on the first, second, or third email that is just about reconnecting with your network. It's about making sure that the context you've been accumulating all along in your career or your, you know, just, just by going to events or meetup events or conferences, you collect names, you collect titles, you collect business cards. So what we don't do is we don't continue the relationship. We don't nurture those relationships. So this uh, nurture your network resource that I created, it's a guide helping you as to like with six emails, how you can reconnect and actually find your client inside of your, your contacts in your network. Uh, and you can get that, just go to my website, veronicasagastumi.com, 
forward slash. I mean, it's in the homepage, but if not, you can do forward slash nurture and you can mm -hmm. grab it there. Um, then another couple of you know wins for my clients are I help them to set boundaries so that their consulting pr practice doesn't end up looking like they have seven bosses as opposed to mm -hmm. seven clients. That's seven, yeah. Again, you know, we want to say yes to everything and we want to over deliver, but that doesn't mean that you are texting someone Saturday night or interfering with your Sunday family dinner. Mm. So setting boundaries, language around that. And then also um, just like how to start your consulting business while still at your full-time job. That's the mm. biggie. So those are all wins that, you know, I have a handful of clients that I'm working with right now where they have each have had a win in one of those areas. Awesome. What's the URL again? Oh, the URL is Veronica. Do you want me to spell it, Lee? Yeah, that'd be great. Our listeners are dumb. V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A. <laughs> And the last name, Sagastumi, S as in Sam, A, G as in George, A, S, T, U, M, E, dot com. And they can go grab the, go to the homepage and grab the resource. It's free and it's beefy because it works. I've gotten great feedback on it. People have been using it. And within a couple of emails, they've already told me that they've gotten, um, whether it's virtual coffee scheduled or people were like, oh my God, it's so great to hear from you. you we were just talking about you. And that's how the conversation starts. Wow, I love it. I'm gonna grab it now, but like, oh, I want. I mean, I want to grab it now, but I have to stay on to. <laughs> please, please finish with me first. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, what I get All right. So, uh, okay. So, like, what do you look for in a mentor? Uh, yeah, because you're you like leapfrog so fast. I feel like you're the most successful person out of our whole cohort. If if we call a cohort, so like, how do you pick people you choose to uh, mentor? So the, for me, if I'm going to choose or to hire a mentor, I yeah. will say, um, Louisa Cho, you know, she spoiled us because she was my very yeah. first one-on-one -on -one coach. Oh, really? oh yeah. Really? I hired her to be my one-on-one oh. -on -one coach back at the end of 2015. And I loved how organized she was. I loved that she was direct and she was prepared for our calls and she was like, no nonsense. I react really well to that. But I'm looking for someone with a proven track record. I'm looking for someone who has been seasoned and experienced in the thing that I want to learn. So I want somebody that either has that business model that I want to achieve that next level. Um, mm -hmm. But more importantly, I want to make sure that that person has a similar like teaching or coaching style that will resonate with me. I'm not a very big woo person. I don't need a lot of um, accolades or, you know, like, oh, good job. And I don't need hand holding. So I'd like somebody who's just kind of like matter of fact, do this or try this out. And um, yeah, and somebody that I'm going to be able to speak to their references that are, they're not going to be shy about sharing a handful of people that I can speak to in order for me to really ask the questions that I want to ask. If it's, especially if I'm going to invest a really high dollar value or dollar amount. Mm -hmm. I love that. And uh, what do you advise others to look for in a mentor? So I would say, don't go off of just the price. You know, like a lot of people will leave, like, how much do you charge? Mm -hmm. That's not always the best, um, like, measurement right, of right. A, a mentor. You want to do your own due diligence and due diligence is just a fancy word for do your homework. Go mm. find out about the person. Um, go look at their social media. Is it consistent? Go far, go way back. Look at their testimonials. Again, ask for references, just like you would in a job, right? It's like, right. let me go speak to people who have actually worked with you in this capacity. Yes. What would mm -hmm. they have to say besides the testimonials? Because <laughs> 
You know, when you give a reference, if you, when you're working at a corporate job, you give mm-hmm. a reference, you're not going to give someone who's going to say bad things about you. Right, right. Well, the same thing with those testimonials. You're not going to put a bad testimonial on your website or your social media, right? Yeah. So you want to speak, I would say, speak to people who have hired that mentor and ask them how it was to work with them. Have a set, same five, four or five questions so that you can really compare what people are saying. And yeah, I would just say, take your time and, and do your homework. So. I love that. Great. So um, what kinds of people do you love working with? I love working with people who are decisive, even if they're, even if they're afraid that they're going to make a decision, commit and take action. I like mm-hmm. ta- action takers. And I also like to work with people who understand that they, in order to start, run and grow a business, it will require them to invest time and money in the business and in themselves. Mm. That's who I like to work with. I love that. And then what's the flip side? Who do you prefer not to work with? So if, if there's a person who hasn't had a lot of work experience and doesn't have any kind of like structure as a reference point, those are hard people to work with because they think it should be one way. And so they're not the most coachable. Mm. I also do not, if there's a person who is not resourceful or needs a lot of handholding and a lot of validation, I'm probably not going to be a good fit for them because I just feel like everybody's a grown up and and a professional and you need to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So um, what's the difference between online and offline consulting? So gosh, there's, there's some differences and then some similarities, but the differences would be, I think that the offline People expect you to be more on site or more readily available in person. Um, They're not as comfortable with the virtual side of business. And I I think it also, you know, there's, it's a different audience. It's a different pricing structure and they have different expectations. So you're, you're still able to make an impact. It's just different. And you need to be really clear about who it is that you're speaking to, who you're showing up for in the online space. We're so lucky, you know, we get all these social media accounts for free. We're able to have our own TV channel and Facebook by doing our Facebook live shows. Uh, The same thing with YouTube, you know, we get to have our own TV channel where we're the stars, we're the producers. We get to like schedule who's, who's going to show up in the lineup this week. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think because we're online, we're able to have a greater impact and have, be able to, to go deeper with people across so many different state lines and even countries sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So um, what surprised you the most about running a consulting business? So as a consultant myself, I felt like I was going to miss that team structure, you know, like being part of a team and feeling like I was part of a a bigger thing when you are, when you're an employee. But what I found Mm -hmm. is if I show up with the intent of being part of that team, even though I'm a consultant, I have become part of the team. I even like last, last week I showed up to a client. I hadn't seen them in over a year. I went to the San Francisco headquarters. And when I walked in, I was greeted by all these people that knew me with open arms and a hug and everybody was so excited and happy to see me. And I'm like, I'm just a consultant. (laughs) I shouldn't say just a consultant, but it was like they were having their Christmas, their holiday party. And, you know, it's just an amazing experience to still, that's been the most surprising thing. Wherever I have gone, I have, been able to emerge myself in, in, 
and become part of the team and have them welcome me as a team member, even though I'm an independent consultant who's just there in a different capacity. So that's been one of the best surprises. And I'm able to also do that with my online clients. It starts to feel more like a relationship and friendships than the, the client mentor. Although that's still there and there's boundaries, it's, it, you get to know people on a deeper level when it's over the phone or, or on video. Something cut off. Hello? Oh, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I don't Lee? know why the audio is a little bit soft now. Hello? I'm here. Okay, here you are. Okay, sorry. It must be on my end. Yeah, something <laughs> happened with my audio. Okay. Uh, okay, awesome. So, did I cut you off? I don't think so. I think I was done. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, because just, sorry, audio. It's okay. Uh, Hopefully, uh, I can grow your. Ooh, Lee, you cut off. Audio's gone. But uh, okay, the the core of the interview. Okay, so how can I marry an ugly, fat, and rich <laughs> consultant? I'm gonna say to you, if you're gonna get married again, why would you marry uh, that instead of a that you know, a good-looking, fit, successful consultant? <laughs> because okay, this is my logic. Um, okay. Because if they're old and fat, they're not likely to find another one, so they're more likely to cheer <laughs> me, right? Because if you're a consultant, it's a pretty good job, right? It's, not, yeah. it's a pretty yes. good job. Yes, so especially if you want, do it well. Right. Exactly. So I'm like this, you know, this fit and hot consultant. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I would feel uh, annoyed because mm -hmm. I'm not the star in the relationship. I see. And I would try to sabotage him by making him fat <laughs> or pour acid on his face if we get into a really God. serious argument. Oh my God, vicious, so, vicious. I'm like, hey, if you're serious about that, then I would say go to <laughs> workshops and seminars on the topics that are boring to most, but mm -hmm. interesting to some. Like mm -hmm. go to webinars and <laughs> workshops, seminars on tax sales tax, insurance. Oh, yeah. um, again, those are interesting to some of us, not so interesting to others. So, yeah. and, but male and, dominated, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Thank so, you. you you're welcome. Help me plan my 2020. <laughs> All right. I love it. Okay. So uh, before we share with the audience, how we can further work with you, do you have any advice that you gave us so much good stuff? So is there anything that you miss that you would like to share with the audience? I would say if you are sitting there as a professional and you're craving some sort of freedom or, you know, like flexibility, making more money, having a bigger impact, don't get intimidated by what everybody else has been doing or what everybody else is doing right now. Look at yourself, run your own race, take inventory of your skills, the knowledge. You already know more than somebody else that you can help. So just put a simple offer together, look at your network, reconnect with people and just put an offer out there and see what happens to gain that momentum, to gain some, some self-confidence. And I would just say, you know, if you're craving those things, you've got nothing to lose because you're at, you're at your job. So mm -hmm. go try it. I love that. So how can we work with you? Um, what's your website? What, how can we stalk you on social media? <laughs> stalk me all you want. Yeah. Uh, my website is veronicasagastumi.com. And on there, there's a couple of tabs. You know, the homepage, like I already said, I'm, I'm sharing my free resource, Nurture Your Network Without Being Annoying. That's completely free. So you sign up for that. And it comes with an email sequence with a lot of other best uh, practices and tips and strategies to further connect with your network so that ultimately you can either 
you know, tap into a, a getting a, a consulting or freelance client and, or you could schedule, um, like a strategy call with me. And that's like a jumpstart call. And it's just like in the work with me tab in my website. And mm -hmm. I've just recently retired all of my, my programs because in 2020, I'm going to be uh -huh. releasing a new workshop and a new course, cool. um, just kind of like elevating, you know, going to the next mm -hmm. level. So thank you for, for allowing me to share that. Oh my God. You're amazing. Like I, I need to shout you from the rooftops. <laughs> you're probably the best consultant I could think of possibly for this interview. So I'm, I was really happy when you agreed to do it. Oh, um, thank you, Lee. So, yeah. Thank you. Well, it's, so, I appreciate yeah. it because also it's been nice to see your evolution as well. You know, it's going to be three years since we did that mastermind with Louise. Can't believe it. Yeah. So and it seems I'd, like yesterday, but yeah. also so long ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, totally. And then I also saw you for dinner in Anaheim. Do you remember that when we also met yeah, with we Susan? Did. We, yeah, we did. We like briefly caught up a little bit, but I was mm -hmm. like, uh, it was, yeah, it wasn't as long though, because I felt like yeah. that mastermind just we were so bonded together yes. for reasons I will not mention. Yes. Um. So. Yes. Uh. Yeah. I, yeah. But yeah, we did see each other. Anaheim was awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, you are based in San Francisco. I'm going to come up there more for conferences, definitely for tech stuff next year. Reach so, out, reach yeah. out. I'm here. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you so much for being on this podcast. I hope to have you on uh, many future episodes to come. I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your time. It's been super valuable to me and hopefully to the stupid people who listen to this podcast. Thank you, <laughs> thank so you much. Lee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'll catch you, catch you soon. I'll see you online. Yeah, you too.